The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. And I am your host, Mac and Team. Joining us, as always, for the review podcast is Rick. Jeez, perk up, Macca. You sound bloody flat. What? You sound I'm flat and miserable. Happy is Larry, win. <laughs> That's better. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. yeah. I'm watching the uh, Port versus Gold Coast game in replay while we, we do this show. Just well, to just to remind, yeah, from China. Just to Fair just enough. to remind me, uh, we can do good things. Well, we can. That's true. We can, and we have shown all throughout the year that we can do good things. We can. Mm. It's just it's we have dropped off though, haven't we? Uh, maybe a little bit. Maybe I don't know. I, I'm still hopeful for this season. I still think we've got success here, but. I don't know. Let's uh, let's get straight into it. And um, do I love and hate? One thing we loved, one thing we hated about Port Adelaide on the weekend. Let's start with the hate this week. What was your hate? Uh, shit. What'd you go shit with that one hate? for? I don't know. I haven't put any thought into my hate. I just put all oh. my thought into my love. Oh, I'm glad you're uh, you're prepared here. <laughs> What's your hate? <laughs> my hate is: um, can we stop giving the ball to Pittard on the fifty after taking a mark like five times <laughs> that, a game? That would have been my hate too, actually. Unbelievable. Um, like, we, what do if... it, we do it every week, we do it, and he shanks the shot to the, the, the exact same spot every single time. Like, he's not Stuart it's... Jew, he's not Hamish Harlett, he's not anybody with a decent kick on him. So why on earth do we do it so often? But the second one, who did the handball to him for the second one? Was I can't remember. Boke? Might have been. But with the second, with the second one, they actually burnt off uh, Jared Polick, which is a, was a great kick for goal, yeah. and gave it to Pittard. <laughs> yeah. You know what's going to happen? Every time Pittard has a shot from 50, he's going to pull it to the right, and it's going to go barely above sort of like head level, and it's going to go either through for a behind or out of bounds on the full. Mm. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Mm. I, uh, but what can you do? At least he's making the space and the attempt to run and do something. Yeah, well, he gets the space and the and the attempts because no one goes near him because the opposition know that if they give it to him, he's going to shank it. Yeah, I um, yeah, I can't disagree with you there, and I think many supporters are with you. But yeah, anyway, it should be Hamish. You could just pass it back to him in the centre circle, and he'll mm. still go for goal. Solstar on the uh, Spreaker um, chat. We've got lots of, uh, lots of messages on the Spreaker chat already. And Solstar has yeah. said, who's to blame, Pittard or the idiot passing it to him? Certainly the idiot passing it to him. Well, I'm assuming Chad, maybe his ankle's a bit tender. And so at, from 50, maybe he was worried he wouldn't get the distance. And so that's why he passed to the Jasper. Yeah, so I can get that one. Really, like he would have kicked from about 45. Like, uh, I, don't I, it, I don't know. All I, all I could assume is the uh, the injury um, but I thought uh, I thought the the second one was definitely the uh, the person giving it off because they could have first give would have been to Polek running past so uh, I would definitely blame them you can't you, we can't blame bloody Jasper I mean no, if I was him I'd be running trying to get the ball having a shot at goal too yeah for sure 
Absolutely. Why would you? Yep. Uh, Scott Ken Collins has said his hate is uh, coaching, game plan, and structure. Uh, Interstater has said bombing the bowl in. And Solstar has also said Pittard shot for goal. Um, yeah. Craig Jones has said what a- Hamish. Um, focus on your own damn game and not worry about everyone else. Almost cost us a goal. Mm. Um, yeah, I saw that one. Hamish was just looking, not even at the guy with the ball. Why, why would you do that? Why do you need to look at someone with the ball when you can just yeah point inside and point to players and yeah. let him run on and kick a goal? It was pretty poor. I'd say my hate would actually be the fact that I feel like the team is a little bit like what it was with the late Choco Williams in relation to... Remember how, or even in the early uh, uh, 2000s where they did that review and thought Choco coming to the finals was too tense? I feel like Hinkley's really tense trying to get his KPI of making finals. And uh, I just feel like as the season's gone on, our game plans become more conservative and tense and not free-flowing. And it's like everyone's just feeling the pressure, which has been so uh, modern Port Adelaide over the last, uh, you know, 15-odd years, and, uh, you know, looking at the Port GWS game here... Do you think that's part of our fault as well, though? Our fault, as in... As in putting that much pressure on when we've actually had an okay season and we're going to be playing finals, probably getting a home final, possibly two home finals. You think the the players uh, are feeling tense because of the supporters' pressure? The supporters' expectations... It's quite possible. It's quite possible think... that Hinkley is feeling the pressure from supporters' expectations. Don't you think every football club in our position would be fit having supporters thinking the same? I don't know. As I've said before, like we're currently sitting sixth. We're possibly going to finish top four still. And the way that it comes across from a lot of supporters is you'd think we'd be sitting in about 15th spot on the ladder right about now, but we're not. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I guess it's just that um, we've had, I think the most of it, we've got a very knowledgeable supporter base. I, I don't know. I'm sure most supporter bases are the same, but I think it's glaringly obvious our lack of one or two tools in the team and the coaches are fixated on this, um, this short, player game plan, which I'm not convinced provides us any more run and carry than another team with more taller players. And, um, you know, it has, it's shown that it doesn't work and we continually get exposed by the better teams with this, uh, with this short team policy. Um, so yeah, I think that's the, uh, that's the frustrating and disappointing part. And, you know, I don't know. I think we are, we're entitled to have had expectations as the season went on because we were annihilating mm. um, lower teams. It's not like we we're just getting over the line like we are now. We were decimating teams, and I, you know, and we took it up to Geelong and a few other sides. But I just feel like, yeah, we, as we just got a bit tense in some of those big games, and you know, which had meaningful impacts on them, and uh, the pl- no one stood up, coaching or players. Mm. Fair enough. What is your love this week, mate? Well. I noticed some people were critical of it, but I was actually um, quite happy in our um, in our handballing. I thought okay. it was quite we were, looked mm. aggressive with our handballing, and it actually looked like we were trying to at least take the game on more this week that we have in previous weeks gone by. 
Um, for some reason, we still lost the contested possessions, but um, I thought most of our handballing was at least attacking. We might not have executed it all uh, properly all the time, a bit like um, Brad Ebert's handball to Robbie Gay, which allowed uh, him to do some Harlem Globetrotting and stuff. But really, I mean, that was a bread and butter handball that should have been in front of the player. Um, yeah. But at least our handballing was more aggressive. It was more attacking, which at least sort of gave us some glimmer of hope in patches that were starting to take a more run and carry game plan on. Yeah, I would agree with that. I loved uh, the way we played as well, especially the way that we attacked the corridor. Uh, We we haven't done that a lot this year, but I really did enjoy how we did that. And I I certainly agree with your handballing comments as well. We, we, uh, We tried some risky handballs and for once they actually came off and we were hitting a lot of targets by hand as well, which was great. Um, my love, Dugs. Dugs. Yeah, the big Dugs. How good is Dugs? Ah, uh, he's good. Dugs, the dude. What a legend. He's a fast. He's a fast player for 199 centimeters. Mate, I tell you what. I know a lot of people have said on the forum, "Oh, he's got to play forward. Why aren't we going to play him forward?" And I certainly um, said that on the preview as well that I expected him to play forward this week, given that given the other selections. Um, but I do like him down back, I've got to say. He's tall, he's effective, he's aggressive, he's got really nice foot skills to complement someone like Houston as well down there. Um, he's got great athleticism, uh, he's got a big leap, he's got good pace. I don't know, he looks like every bit a, a future star defender. Uh, and if I were to say if, mm. if he's got a more natural position, it would certainly be down back as opposed to up forward. He he also would allow Jackson to play in the side because um, uh, it allows Jackson to swing back if he's forward if Dougal's being beaten and vice versa. Yep. You know, oh, so it cr- sure. it creates it creates a lot of versatility with uh, really two players that um, well. Sometimes some people want to argue that Jackson can't play key forward, but you know that can play key forward and, and key back. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it opens Dougal mm-hmm. opens the door. But do the coaches have the courage to keep Dougal in the side and also pick another tall player? Well, I would love to see that happen. I would really love to see that happen because I think, as you said, he creates a lot of versatility and a lot of uncertainty for the opposition as well. Because as we saw, he can play forward and he's got great pace up there and can kick a goal. Um, so I would be very, very happy if uh, if Dougal stays in the side long term. I think we need him to, um, to be honest. Um, and as Dylan has said, it allows Marshall to play in the side as well, um, which would be interesting. Um, but yeah, certainly with a, I still think we're probably one toll too short. And if we were to bring Trengove or another player in the into the side to play up forward, I think that um, that certainly solves that issue. And uh, I think we would be much better for it. The only question that I've got is, does he stay in the side? Like, what happens with Homsch? Does he stay in the side when Homsch is fit again? Uh, is there a spot for him in the side uh, with both Homsch, Cleary, and uh, and also Jonas as well um, down there as well? I think so because uh, Homsch isn't great with the uh, with the one on ones really. So, mm. um, and we need that bigger body defender, and I. I would imagine, I wouldn't be rushing Homps back. It's his second time he's been dropped, yeah. regardless of injury or form. And uh, you know he shouldn't be an automatic selection. Neither should Matthew Broadbent. Mm. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's all fair, mate. That is. Can we say? Fair. Can we give an honourable mention to the only reliable uh, halfback flanker to have a set shot at goal in Dan Houston as well? Oh yeah, that, that was a an, nice kick. That was a great kick. An, an honourable mention, love, because. Uh, uh, I said to Nicole, "This is a this is a lay down Mazair because this guy can kick. He is awesome, and look at it. He just put it straight through the middle, you know, from fifty out. Most of our players would have the jitters, but he didn't. He just put it in there. So well, that's why uh, he was such an effective forward at uh, TAC Cup level uh, before he got drafted. So uh, again, he's someone that can, if um, if need be, he can sort of swing forward, and we know that he's going to do a job up there because he's done it for half his life playing up forward." Um, Mm. So, yeah, I'm all for adding more versatile players into our side. That would be great. And if uh, if what I've read is correct, uh, I think he got uh, the Rising Star Award this week too. Did he? Apparently, yep. I hope so. I think I think he deserved it for some of his other performances. So, He's had a good uh, year. He's had a very good year. Yeah. Mm. So, right. that'd be good. Let's get on to questions because we've got a lot of them as well. Um Power Raiders asked, being in the eight is a great achievement and probably higher than most people's preseason predictions. Are we ungrateful for feeling flat despite sitting sixth? Well, what do you think? Um, I, I agree that we feel flat. As I said before, I, I still hold out hope, even though the, the stats don't prove it this year and probably last year as well. We, we struggle. We struggle against the top eight sides, I think. What were one and eleven against top eight sides over the last few years, so all signs point to um, that we should probably feel flat. Um, but look, we're going to be playing finals. I'm happy about that, and I'm happy to take the uh, glass half full um, I, attitude towards it. I guess it's just that you know we played so well, and all of us could see just with a, a little bit of a smarter selection policy. We probably would have got over the line in a couple of games with a, a couple of, you know, with another tall player, and I, so I think it's just that we're frustrated that we could have probably been in a stronger position, and you know, offered this at the start of the year. Yes, I would have taken it, but as the year's gone on and I've seen what we did, especially in the first fourteen games, um, I do feel a little bit underwhelmed. But you know, I'll still. It's not like I'm going to go into finals and go, screw Port, I hope you lose because you suck. Um, you know, because they're still our footy team. So once it's finals, it's game on. You know, I guess what what I would love is just to see a huge run and carry and energetic game, I guess, for the last two games. Be really, really competitive. You know, not a conservative game style, not a flat game style. Just unleash, unleash the shackles because, um, you know, we're going to play finals so and just see what the boys can do. I, don't, I just think a, an ultra-conservative game plan uh, isn't the way to go at this point in time. Fair enough. Porsche has said on the Spreaker chat, we exist to win premierships, and that is correct, we do. And to win premierships, you need to make finals, which we're going to do. So we're going to be yes. in with the chance. But I don't, I don't like the expectation being set at the start of the year of, you know, our KPI is just to make finals. That's just shooting for mediocrity as far as I'm concerned. Fair enough. Um, Us Against the Rest has said, why does Ken want to make a defender out of a potentially gun forward in Dougal Howard? And uh, I would say that would be because he's a potentially gun defender as well. 
because everyone needs to know how to defend Maka. You need to have some defensive ability in modern AFL football. Hmm. I, but I, I w- think he's shown much more as a defender than he has as a forward in his three years playing here. Like He was completely ineffective in his first year up forward. He played some really good footy down back. Last year was... Um, you know, he started to sort of change that, but mostly through playing as that second ruck, uh, more as a, uh, a standout key forward. He's played one really good game up forward this year in the SANFL where he kicked eight goals. But again, he's also played some great footy down back too. So um, I don't think, like, if we were trying to turn Brett Eddy into a key defender, I would, you know, I would be concerned. Or if we um, had done a, another Nick Salter sort of situation. But, at this point, I think Howard looks much more of a natural defender than he does a forward. Surely, at least now, we've got three marking targets to go to out uh, from a kick-in now. Mm. Yeah. We've got Ryder, got Howard. Who else you got? Dixon. Yep. Um, Westoff. So, you know, we should have a bit more variety instead of just kicking to one player down the line. Yes, very true. Uh, Power Girl has asked, can you please explain why Ken would drop a defender that is playing as a forward and replace him with a forward that is playing as a defender? Very perplexing. It is. But you just said that Howard's also a defender. Yes. So we've replaced... We've replaced a... uh, We've dropped a defender that is playing as a forward and replaced him with a defender that is playing as a defender who can also play possibly as a forward and possibly in the ruck. (laughs) And that's why I said earlier... He, uh, he opens the opportunity for Trengove to come back in. Yes. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Because they can swing between forward and back. That's right. Whereas, whereas if you pick a, a Marshall, you know, Marshall probably can't swing back. Mm. No. No, I wouldn't think so. No. We could have a team of 22 swingers. Imagine what their after parties would be like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm not going. Make there. sure you take. Make sure you take your car keys. <laughs> uh, Powerade has asked. Uh, I can't help but question our forward line and having Sam Gray playing out of the square. He's a wonderful trooper for the side, but he can't kick. And wait for it. He's a midget. Why don't we play West off or better still, Dugs as a key P, uh, KPF? Do we? I know when we stop picking on Sam Gray. When we've traded him to another when he club. Plays in the Magpies. Yeah. <laughs> when he plays in Magpies. I mean, uh, I thought he played well, apart from that one complete brain fart in yeah. the last quarter. I thought he actually played pretty well, and it's probably his best game for you know a good sort of five or six weeks. Well, it's his only real major flaw outside of his height mm. is that his composure in front of goals. Yeah, it is. Like you could see it happening a mile off, <laughs> and yeah. um, he followed through with uh, with that, unfortunately, but. You never know. I don't know. I still think he's, um, you know, he's had a reasonable year, Sam Gray. He's not been wonderful, but he's not been poor, and he's done a job out there. He's been he's been better than Impey. He's been a role player, and um, and you need them. Do you think, for the small team that we had, that we were incredibly fast? Were we a fast side? Uh, I thought we looked fast on the weekend for sure. Did you go live? No. I didn't think live that they added any additional pace okay. to the side. 
Well, that's um, that's strange because we've probably got most of our really quick players out there at the moment. Yeah, they don't look that quick to me. But, um, you know, Jake Mead, you know, such a fast player. He got burnt off by a Collingwood player. So, yeah, well, Jake Mead's um, not overly quick. Yeah, but everyone talks about need for speed and how fast he is. Yeah, that's, that's what I keep a, thinking. Uh, that's just a, um, a nickname that's caught on, but he's not actually quick. <laughs> I didn't think he was that quick either. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, look, and that's why, again, harping on it, I just think we, we could have had, the coaches could have had some courage and probably sacrificed one of those small players and had another tall and it wouldn't have affected the overall pace. I mean, bloody yeah. Howard's probably faster than Jake Need. Yeah. The guy's, sure. a, the guy's a jet. Yeah. Uh, Mick Harrison has said on the speaker chat, we looked fast but looked like we were going nowhere quick, turning it over, zero composure. And that's, that's probably fair. There was quite a few times where we had a good run going and we sort of handballed to the opposition or they would handball it to us first and then two disposals later we'd give it back to them again. So I can certainly understand that too. Yeah, well, I think we um, we were trying to do the right thing and play on quick. It's just that sometimes we played on quick and we just didn't have anyone in position to uh, to either kick or pass the ball to, uh, especially up forward. So uh, again, hence the the one tall forward short and in front of the play. But, um, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? The Bulldogs game is going to be a very interesting game. Very true. Uh, Monkey Tongue Man has asked, should Toby Green appear on the next remake of Karate Kid? Yeah. I want Toby Green to do an Eric Cantona and kick someone in the <laughs> face, a supporter. Now, that would be courageous. Uh, I'd love to. I'd take Toby Green. Hopefully a Crows fan in a prelim. That'd be great. <laughs> hey, would you have him playing at our club? I'd, I'd be happy oh, for him absolutely. playing. Absolutely. He's a great footballer. Yeah. yeah. When and he's I, not I on the, in the grandstand because he's suspended for half the year. That's all right. You need a bit of mongrel. And, I mean, at least, you know, GWS got the depth to bloody cover someone that's suspended half the year. He didn't get suspended for that, though, did he? Just a fine? Uh, just I a think, fine, yeah. I think that's a fair call. I think it's probably fair. Oh, look, you replace Sam Gray with Toby Green and we'd, you know, probably be top four right now. We would be, we would be top four. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, T. Cray has asked, if you had to choose only one of Need, Impey and Johnson to take into a finals campaign, which one would you choose? Uh, Need. I would choose Johnson. Right. I thought he was really good on the weekend. And... Yeah, but don't forget Jakey's 2014 final against Richmond. Yeah, and he's not really he's done got... anything since, has he? So in but three he's... years. Yeah, but he's got the experience. Mm. Oh, look, I thought Needy's 2014 finals campaign was wonderful. He was obviously brilliant against Richmond. I thought he just about turned the game in our favour against uh, Frio in that second half. Um yeah, I don't know. Impey's the strange one. I could certainly see Impey being the type of player that comes from nowhere and kicks three goals in a grand final sort of thing. That has a really big finals campaign. Um, but I can also annoyingly see him getting three kicks and three clangers sort of thing. Uh, but for me, it's Johnson. I don't know. I, I like Johnson's pace. I like his aggression, his tackling ability. Uh, he can kick goals. Um, I don't know. I like him. I think he's got a really big future. All right, Macca, where are we gonna where are we gonna finish the minor round? 
I'm still going to say now. fourth. Really? Yep. Who who are we going to replace? Richmond. <clears throat> and which game are they going to lose? Saint to Saint Kilda or to Frio? Uh, I think they will lose to Frio. Because <laughs> that would just be so Richmond. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, funny enough, I think we might finish fourth too. Mm. If we win we? both, if we win both games, I can. I think we'll finish fourth. Um, yeah. I think the Crows will uh, do the job against Sydney this week, annoyingly, um, and that will really open up sort of the finals to, for us to finish fourth. Well, um, imagine facing if, the Crows imagine... in a uh, qualifying final <laughs> is probably not ideal. I don't think. Uh, well, but you never know. What happened to us a couple of times when we finished top? That's true. That is very. We true. came in. We came into that final a little bit complacent after we dominated the whole season, didn't we? Mm. And uh, so it can happen. But I'm with you. I reckon we could maybe finish top two. I, I have a little bit of a gut feel. I think. I think even Geelong could potentially lose their last two as well. Oh, definitely, absolutely. Yeah, the finals is uh, is still very much open. The only one that's probably short of their spot is the Crows, really, and that's it. Uh, yeah. Everyone else um, is still playing for double chances and, and two home finals and, and all this sort of stuff. So uh, it's very much, uh, yeah, very much game on, I think, this final series, which is great. It's what yes. Like. Yes. Uh, Lord Flashart, uh, what is the legacy of the much hyped Darren Burgess? Watching our listless group flip between not invested in Ken's game plan or these guys look cooked? Well, they didn't look cooked for, you know, 14 or 15 rounds of the year. Mm. So I think it might be game plan related. And, I mean, Collingwood was a prime example, especially in that first quarter, where they sort of did a fair chunk of man-on-man and um, and possession with the ball, trying to slow us down. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, I always think of Jake and Jacob, Jason Ekermanis in 2015. Uh, basically saying um, we were cooked. Yeah. So um, I don't know, but you, I mean, you wouldn't think a hard training regime would cook you for three seasons, surely? No, no. I just, and I said this when he was appointed. I didn't rate what he did the first time around, and I, to be honest, I don't really rate what he's done this time around either. Like, you know. Half a season of being a lead leader, a league leader in um, in fitness, and that's it for the most uh, uh, expensive fitness guy of all time. Well, that's probably not good enough, is it? So, do we need to? Uh, would you like to recruit a new fitness guy, not under the Burgess regime? Oh, I'd be happy to look outside. Yep, for sure. Yeah, would you go for someone new or would you go for someone that's in a system? Maybe we can take Arsenal's old um, fitness guy. What about Brett Burton? Would you be happy with him? Uh, well, he's he's done a good job at the Crows. He did a horrible job at Brisbane. And he's Brett Burton, so probably not. <laughs> I, I couldn't probably see not. Brett Burton working for us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Zach Wilder's asked, is Jock Itch worse than Thrush? 
Well, I've never I'd, had have get, so I don't know. I'd have to get your opinion on it because I've never had either. So, um, and I know you've complained about both quite often. So, Thanks, uh, cheers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but uh, any itch down there can, not, is uh, a bad look. Can be a bit therapeutic it's at times. I guess. Really, getting a, an itch in your groin, I would think. Uh, what about the old Some footy player? What about the old footy player jokes where they used to put the deep heat in the uh, in the jocks? Did you ever get that done to you in the change rooms? Nah. Nah. Nah? Nah. No, I sort of missed out on that sort of uh, sporting humour too, thank mm. God. Uh, Christoph has asked, if we had more injuries this year, would there have been better player turnover with the end result producing better selections? Oh, look, I think the people that were selected deserve to be selected. I think the downside's potentially been that Ken's probably persisted too long with some players that haven't been in the best form. That's the only problem. I think what Christoph is trying to say is um, if White and Young and Archie and Need were injured for the whole season, then we wouldn't be able to pick them, <laughs> which, is, um, which is nice. And it's probably true. Is it- I don't is know. It? I, I kind of half agree with his his comment, and I kind of half disagree as well. I'm on the fence with this one. Um, well, who who well, else? I would don't you... think our selections have been too drastically terrible. Like I, I know that like we just melt every week on Big Footy, just regardless. I think people melt and don't even actually look at the selections sometimes. So I don't know. I mean, who would you have rather been selected this week than say? Need an Archie? Well, probably Palmer. I think Palmer deserves a go rather than going on the uh, Aaron Young, Brendan Archie merry-go-round every second week. Why not? Uh, why not go someone different and see if they can uh, perform a little bit better? Has he really? Um, has he really been that bad? Who? Oh, sorry. That that bad. That good. Palmer. To no, deserve... I think he's had just as good a form in the SNFL as Archie has. Hmm. You reckon? Yep. Okay. Like, we have these players. Why not play them? You know, why do we bother going through... It's what I said to my dad during the on the weekend. Why do we... Like, we just seem to choose the same players and we seem to get surprised that they fail. So we we bring in the same players get surprised that they fail, and then we go back to the start again. It's just this big merry-go-round of like three or four players that we sort of bring in for two weeks, then they get dropped, bring in another player for two weeks, then they get dropped, bring in the same player back again, then they get dropped. Like, why not try someone like Atley, try someone like Palmer, try someone like Bonner, um, try and change things up a bit? Yeah. Snelling? Snelling would have been an interesting one. The Snelling, I know he's been yeah. in- I know he's been interested and I know he's short and that would enrage a few supporters, but he's got a bit of Caleb Daniel about him, doesn't he? Gets yeah, the peel I, I really with his... like Snelling. I think he's got I mean, a lot of talent and I would happily give him another year, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, let's see what happens. Uh, one great club has said, why does Ken persist with the Mosquito fleet and so many similar small players when everyone else is crying out for us to play at least one extra tall forward? What do you think is behind his refusal to do so? Well, clearly it's the cluster defence game plan. 
Mm. So you don't need a tall player because you've got group players that come and spoil the ball and then with your small crummers coming to crumb to then run away and uh, hit up targets and create run and carry. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I also think it's um, rightly or wrongly a sign of a lack of faith in the other forward options that we've got available as well. Like that's why I feel like he's stuck with Trengo for so long. It's because he maybe feels like he can't trust anybody else to be in the side. I know Howard kicked eight, and then uh, we were all calling for him to get a, a game the next week, but then he he followed that up with, I think, about three kicks and no score the week after. Um, Marshall's young and, and too raw, um, and Eddie probably let him down in the first three weeks of the season where he um, didn't really get a kick for two of those games. Um, so I think that's why he's probably stuck with a, a small forward line. Um uh, for the yeah. time being I don't know Porsche was a fan of the small forward line this year as well coming into the season because I, I think not to uh, put words in her mouth but I think uh, she said something along, along the lines of that she felt that that was going to be our best chance of having success this year was by playing a few extra smalls up forward and I, I yeah and I don't think it was you can't you can't compromise players like Marshall and Frampton and uh and just chuck them in the side uh, undeveloped uh, just because, you know, where they were picked or just because they represent what could, they could be in the future. And, you know, Marshall's looking great, um, you know, and he's developing nicely. And I know people want him to put more size on. Um, he could potentially, you know... He will in time. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, maybe, you know, you might want to... I mean, it's different with the buy round. You don't need to rest players now, do you? But... I guess the, the Gold Coast game, if it was sort of a dead rubber, you could look at it. You could have looked at maybe giving him one taster game this year before finals or something. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just we just missed that one tall target, and you can see why they went with someone like Trengove. It's the it's the conservative um, but logical sort of uh, approach. I guess what would have been radical was going with like a, a Matthew Loby. Yeah. Uh... What, up forward? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll let that one through to the keeper. <laughs> I just said, I said radical. That would be radical, yes. Having a key forward that can't take a mark. Um, I know, great. but he's good, at, he's good at creating spillage and stoppages. Mm. True. The uh, T-Bird has asked, Maca 19, is the lack of a proper review from you a reflection of your apathy? And... Uh, I would say not at all. I, I just feel like I'm uh, just about the only one left on Big Footy that has hope that we will be successful this year. So it's not apathy at all. It's just a sign that um, I'm actually a lot busier than usual and um, unable to watch games live at the moment um, because of work reasons. And well, Not to mention you've got three uh, three beautiful kids and, three a, kids. and a wife That's that, it. That, that needs your attention as well. So. Exactly. Uh, there's only so much one man can do. That's right. Footy's obviously very important, but uh, sometimes life gets in the way, doesn't it? It does. Um, which is uh, the case now. But they will return at some point. Don't worry about that. Uh, long why don't you outsource them? I could do that. Outsource them. Go to yeah. Upwork and, you know... I could get, get someone, someone to ghostwrite them for me. Yeah. Mm. You can probably get good. a ghostwriter for like 10 bucks Australian. Yeah, probably. 
Um, long live PAFC. How should we view the response to the Crows game in that we were beaten in contested possession, clearances and tackles by a side missing their ruck best midfielder and three other first choice mids? Uh, were we better in other areas or just lucky? I would rather win than lose. And I'd rather win ugly than lose by 14 goals. So uh, at this point in time, you know, who cares? A win's a win. It gives us a greater chance of playing finals. And, uh, you know, are we going to win the grand final? Probably not. Are we going to make the grand final? You'd probably argue probably not. But at least we're going to be most likely in the finals. And at least we're going to be talking about can we make the grand final, which is a lot better than last two years. That's true. That is true, I guess. Um, look, Collingwood had more clearances and more contested possessions and almost more tackles in the game earlier this year as well. And um, we led from start to finish in that game and looked in no threat of losing at all. Uh, same as on the weekend, really. So, well, I'm a stats geek and I look to them a lot, but um, sometimes they don't tell the whole story of how the game was played. And I feel on both occasions against Collingwood this year, I felt our midfield played really well. Um, and you look at the quality of the ball that we had going forward on the weekend compared to Collingwood's, and I think that tells the story of why we won the game. Well, their disposal was horrendous Yeah. <laughs> on the weekend. Collingwood just missed so many easy targets, um, yeah. especially coming out of defence. But I, I didn't actually... I couldn't really pick up anything why um, we didn't win the clearances. But I must admit, Paddy Ryder did look flat, and I'm wondering if his ankle was still posing a bit of a problem for him. That's possible. Yeah, I mean, he was coming up against a 211-centimetre ruckman, so... Yeah, but he didn't seem uh, and, and to have... is on the, uh, the shorter side. He's probably the shortest key ruck in the league, to be honest. He's, so, he's 199, isn't he? Right, no, I think he's about 195, I think. No, Ryder. Ryder, 196. No, he's 190. Oh, he's the same yeah. as Jacko. Mm. Well, there you go. Who would have thought? I uh, Yeah, but... He just he just didn't seem to have the same jump and spring as he's had in previous weeks. So I'm just I just think that he's yeah I reckon his ankle might still be playing up. Yeah. Uh, CT Power has asked: Are you surprised at the lack of scrutiny that Hinkley has received in the last month in return in uh, the terms of results, team selection, player apathy, and structure? Where's my beer? That's what I want to know. I went to the same friggin' spot at half time. I had my onion burger and I was waiting because he promised me he would buy me a beer. And I waited and waited and waited and I got no beer. So I'm not answering your question because you made false promises. <laughs> I would no say beer. that he's received a lot of... I don't particularly read the media all that much, but um, I'm... I feel like he's received a lot of scrutiny. Well, I mean, the club's not going to come out and shit can the coach, are they? No. Even if they, even if he, they think he's not doing a great job, unless they're going to come out and say he's sacked, they're not going to. They're not going to come out and go he's shit, and they're not going to come out and shit can a coach that's got the team in equal fifth spot, one, one and a half games out of the top four, or one game out of the top four. Just ain't going to happen. Yeah, that's right. Uh, last question from Rovert. Are we the best team to find new and innovative ways to screw up an easy goal? We do like to make things challenging. We I do. do agree. Yes. Yeah. 
there there is quite so, a few uh, face yes. palm moments in front of goals uh, most weeks, which is uh, which makes things interesting. Is I've got a question: Is Robbie Gray still injured? Mm. Potentially. People aren't asking that question anymore. Well, it's because he's played bloody good football. Well, he was even playing good football at the start of the year. Yeah, but he was inconsistent was... at the start of the year as well. Like, he was playing great games mixed with games where he didn't really do much, whereas I feel like his last probably four or five weeks have been all top class. Fair enough. Mm. Right, let's... Uh... Do a bit of a quick review. Port play Collingwood on Sunday. Led from start to finish to win by 27 points. 14-14 to 10 goals, 11. Travis Boak and the two Greys kicked two goals each. Um, so what did you take from this game, mate? Why did we win? Um, and uh, I guess a lot have found this result to be a bit frustrating. Do you agree with that at all? Uh, well, why, why did they find it a bit dis- frustrating? Because Collingwood were, were without a few key players and they believe that we should have won by heaps. Well, I guess we had that little moment where Collingwood, you know, 32 points up, Collingwood kicked four goals, um, you know, without a, without a whimper, which seems to be very Port Adelaide-like at the moment, allowing teams to get a roll on. But like I said earlier, uh, Paddy Ryder seems a lot really flat. He didn't seem to, and probably the result of our clearance work, um, just really didn't seem to have that same influence. And I mean, the guy's a big guy that he was up against, um, but he didn't seem to have his jump there. But, um, you know, I thought our midfield worked hard. Ollie Wines, again, was pretty solid. And it was good to see that, you know, he didn't get reported, but well, he got reported, but, you know, nothing answer. And uh, But at least there was a bit of intimidation there. I thought our, our key midfielders really stood up um, Boak was uh, trying hard and had a great game for him. Uh, I thought Hamish Hartlett, yeah, he might have burnt the ball a bit, but he had a good game as well. And we looked like we were trying to take the game on and run and carry with the ball a bit more. Yes, our, some of our handballs weren't great, but at least we were doing attacking handballs. And uh, and we were, like you said, trying to attack the corridor. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, our forward transition looked a little bit better against a, a weaker side um, compared to weeks gone by. Um, yeah, so I think we, we started to we, we started to gel. Um, yeah, I, we've, we've keep talking about it. still think we're a tall short um, because we just seem to be missing that, that down to line down the line target by not having that other cool tall player in the side. Um, but yeah, we just we used the ball better, quite simply. You know, we definitely used it better than Collingwood, made less errors, and uh, and that resulted on the uh, on the scoreboard. Yeah, look, it wasn't a, a pretty game to watch. It was a, a pretty ugly performance, but we got the job done. Um, we did play better than Collingwood. We led all day. I'm I'm pretty happy with how we played, and we were a lot more attacking than we have been in in previous weeks. And um, to still sort of nut out a win like that when. Um, Collingwood got on top a, a couple of times through that second half and was still able to stem the flow and, and get back control of the game and I was pretty happy about that as well. Well, look, it's um, an indictment on modern football, Mecca, really, more so than Port Adelaide. I mean, Collingwood did come with an intent to try and really just possess the ball nearly the whole time yeah. and uh, and try and turn the game sort of almost into a, a soccer game. 
uh, you know, just playing that zone and, and just chipping the ball and play, holding possession. And, you know, as a spectacle, it, you know, it doesn't lead to many spectacular moments yeah. where, whilst they're uh, able to maintain possession of the ball because, you know, there's no real spectacular marks. There's, there's not that much uh, contested football. And probably the reason Port only had, uh, I think, two, two tackles in the first quarter um, you know, because Collingwood just chipped it around for five minutes when they had had the opportunity to. So uh, you can't tackle someone that's uh, got a, a marked possession. So yeah. Um, yeah. So, but look, we did what we had to do. There was some glimmers of brilliance. Um, I love Robbie got Robbie Gray's snap in the second quarter on the boundary it was amazing. Uh, loved his uh, Magic Johnson Showtime. Um, Around the body ball position was, good, was that was that one of the better highlights of football you've seen over the last few years? Oh, it was certainly clever and um, ended up in a goal as well. So yeah, I'm all for it. I love the uh, the Sam Gray attempted goal smother for some comedic value. You, <laughs> I could just I could just see it happening. It was just watching it all. It was like Moses parting the water. Uh, he's just got that gift, but you. You've got to love him. There's no point hating him for it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, look, and Dougal's goal was great. So, uh, look, overall, you know, we've got to be happy and it's better than a loss. So, and it gives us, yeah, hopefully it gives us some positive momentum coming into this week against Bulldogs. Yeah. Well, it should do. It should do. I thought Chad was great. Uh, 32 touches, eight inside, 56 clearances. Uh, it was great to have him back and... Um, just sort of slotting straight back in and uh, playing great footy. Well, these sides that sort of go with the zone, uh, he just racks up possession, doesn't he? he? He did it, I can't remember the last game it was, but um, he did it just before he did his ankle as well in that sort of ugly sort of contest. And, uh, you know, he, you don't pay attention to him. He's just going to rack up a lot of ball. And uh, <clears throat> he, he uses it well. He's a strong player and, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's good to see him come back from the ankle injury. Yeah, for sure. I actually thought Jake Neve was really good too. I thought that was his best game at Ophel level for probably two years. Well, he had a bit of a he had a couple of fumbles early, but then uh, once he got his composure, he was he was good. I I, I thought he was serviceable. Um, I guess I, I wasn't. I don't know. Johnson. Look, they were all okay. They were, none were superstars, but they all they all did their job. And... Usually, um, Needy's defensive pressure involves sort of running 10 metres behind someone, and that's his pressure. Uh, but on the weekend, I thought there was a good sort of six or seven occasions where he sort of was really in someone's face and, you know, knocked him over, knocked players over as they were kicking the ball and, you know, laying some pretty nice tackles too. So I thought he certainly improved in that regard. And he ended up actually getting a fair bit of the ball himself too. Um, I don't know, I thought that was that was a much better game than I was expecting from Needy. And um, if he can play like that every week, um, I'm not against him staying in the side. Um, but the question is whether he can actually do that sort of performance week in, week out. I think the thing we need to remember as supporters, it's not a player's fault if they get selected by the coach. So, you know, a player's not going to go, no, don't pick me, man. <laughs> you know, so we've got to stop the hate on some of the players. Um and if the coach picks them, we've just got to accept that and uh, and try and look at it objectively and, 
you know, yeah, I'm with you. He, he was he was okay, and he played his part, and that's all you could do. He and was Johnson, a part player. And... John, Johnson, I really liked his. Uh, how do I say? It? I, I think with Aiden Johnson, I was really happy that we drafted him because I thought there was raw talent there, a lot of potential. He was super quick, could kick goals, uh, but the thing that I didn't see pre-draft was his composure with the ball. Um, the thing that's really impressed me with his games at AFL level so far, and certainly on the weekend, is his composure with the ball. Like He does a lot of really smart things in close, which a lot of people probably wouldn't notice at the game because they're sort of in packs and that sort of thing. But some of his handballs to sort of free up the play were first class. Um, he sort of spots players outside quickly as well. Um, I'm really liking his skills and I'm I really hope he actually stays in the side for the rest of the season. Even finals? Yep. Well, we just had that question before. Yep. Mm. Well, I guess it's just going to be a matter of who he's replaced by, isn't it? Yeah, as long as it's a better player. I mean, would you be disappointed if he was replaced with a Matthew Broadbent? Well, yes, because it means that we're adding in another back flanker, doesn't it? So... Yes, I would be. Yeah. Well, there's no coincidence that Hartlett's performance and possessions seem to go up when Broadbent's not in the the side. Of course, because there's there's more ball to go around. But yeah, well, Hammer was Did, I thought was really good on the weekend too. I think uh, Phil Kretschmer was right on he on the Port Fan Radio Facebook page said the only the thing that we're missing is another thirty possession midfielder. Hmm. Yeah, that would be handy. That would be very handy. Yeah. So, uh, are you an advocate for Jasper not getting given the ball outside 50? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> How did you find yeah. our cheese game? Um, well, I, I did actually sort of try to track Brendan this game quite a bit um, because he's a bit of a controversial one. I, I thought he was serviceable. Um, when he was in the centre square, he wasn't really looked for by Paddy Ryder at all. Um, so he really had to earn the ball in the midfield. And um, and as a forward, his instruction was to be, um, you know, sort of deep. So he kept going deep to the ball. So he seemed to play the role that they want him to play, um, which meant that he wasn't always going to be around the ball. Um, you know, so uh, I thought it was serviceable and... Look, I'm just a big fan of his um, his creativity, especially with the handball. Um, I think he, every handball he executes, he executes well, and something comes from it. Um, so, and it, yeah, look, it wasn't a, a highly contested game, so I'd be happy to give him a go. I, you know, I'd probably prefer Impey to drop out before Brendan. Yeah. You know, I think Jarman said twenty. I thought Arch had a good game. Um, I think so. I mean, look, 15, what do you get? He, he had the least amount of time on ground of anybody. Um, 15 touches and a goal. I was pretty happy with his performance. What was his time on ground? Uh, 65%. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's, it's just that I think it's more the coach's reluctance to use him. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me, more than his fitness. He's not, he's not blowing when he's coming off and on. It's... Yeah, I, I don't understand what he's done wrong. I, I think he shows enough, and yeah. I mean, if he played that extra 15%, well, he probably would have got 20, 20 disposals, and 
yeah. you know, and people wouldn't even be thinking twice about it. So, yeah. but I don't know. I guess the coaches don't have faith for whatever reason, and uh, I guess uh, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. I thought the big guns came to play. Uh, Ebert, Wines, and Boke, that trio, uh, all had really, really good games. Uh, especially Bokey, I, I loved his performance on the weekend. and um, 23 touches and a couple of goals. Um, that was right up there with his best uh, games for the year. And look, he, look if we're going to go anywhere in finals, we need him to stand up and uh, keep hitting the scoreboard and keep showing that enthusiasm and really drive the passion with the playing group. I mean... He's the leader. He's the one that needs to, to generate the uh, the motivation with the group and the boys. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully he can keep it going into the finals. Keep him in the guts. That's it. Uh, quick chat about the SNFL. Uh, the Maggies had a massive win against West Adelaide on the weekend, 22 goals, 17 to 8 goals, 9. Um, lots of very good players. Uh, Nathan Cracker, the, oh, just about the forgotten man. Um, he kicked six on the weekend. Um, Todd Marshall, in uh, his best performance uh, for the season, he took 10 marks and kicked five goals. Brett Eddy kicked three. Also, Jesse Palmer, Aaron Young, and Jackson Trengove kicked two goals each as well. Mm. Would you be Russian, uh, Russian Jacko back? Uh, given what we've spoken about and how we feel like we're still one toll too short, I would, I would be okay with adding Trengove back into the side for sure. Yep. Would you give Marshall a go? Not this week. No. No? No, not not in a crucial game against the Dogs. I, I, I think Marshall's got a massive future. He could be an absolute superstar. But I think at this point in his career, I think he is capable of having a you know two-possession, no-mark game up forward uh, in a crucial game like this. So I would be and it's more gonna than be... happy for Trengove to come back in and... Uh, and do a job. It's going to be very tough conditions over there by the looks of it too. Yeah, playing in Ballarat. It's, uh, no one wants to play there, I would think. Um, <laughs> good to see Eddie in the goals as well. He took 10 marks, hit three goals. Um, so once again, he'll put his name up for selection and uh, we'll get knocked back as well, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> but it was yeah, good to see Trengo yeah. get a... Get a uh, have such a good game. Like 23 touches, 7 marks, 10 hit-outs, 8 inside 50s and 2 goals. That's uh, it's a very, very good performance. Well, I heard he uh, was dominating in the ruck. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, you can only do what you can do when you go back. And, you know, it probably wouldn't, doesn't hurt. Bit of confidence, run around, you know, why not? So... Aaron Young had a good game, 29 and, touches, uh, 8 marks, 5 inside 50s and a couple of goals. So I look forward to uh, Archie out no, back in. Uh, no more, Macca. Just for Macca, something no a bit more. different. Let it go. No more. <laughs> Atley had a, a great game as well, 26 touches, 7 inside 50s. And uh, Tumpus led the way with uh, 31 touches across halfback too. So mm. a big performance by the Maggies there. That was um, that's good. They're sort of uh, hitting some good form coming to the finals. It's great. It is. It is. Well, we need the. We do seriously though. We need the depth players, um, you know, putting pressure on and and performing because you just don't know. But uh, yeah, how'd your mate Jesse Palmer go? Uh, he was good. Twenty-one touches, nine marks, couple of goals. He had five scoring shots as well. I guess it's hard because West Adelaide are pretty insipid. That's all, isn't it? Mm. 
Look, but, I just uh, think, you know, instead of going round this uh, roundabout, why not try someone different? And uh, do you think Cracker might uh, be a sneaky chance? You know, I, I still think there's room for another small forward in our side, to be honest. And why not play a six-man small forward line? Yeah, I think uh, we don't need Dixon. I'd rest him. Yeah, rest him. Just for the take players. him out. Bring in Cracker. Yeah. Cracker, the two you... Grays, Wingard, Needy, would you re... Impey, would you replace Johnson. Cracker... What a forward line. Would you, would you replace Cracker for Impey? Wow. I don't know. I'm content without seeing Nathan Cracker back at AFL level again, to be honest. But Okay, um... well, I'll ask it this way. Do you think Cracker would have more impact at AFL level than MP? Potentially, yes. Potentially, Potentially no, as well. I know he's probably not had the best year, Cracker, so this is one great performance in a season that's been a bit up and down for him. Is he fit enough? No, probably not. Would you rather Palmer have a shot than MP? Uh, I'd rather Palmer have a shot than Young and Archie. Hey, stop the Archie hate. Leave Archie alone. Look, I think we'll leave it there for this evening, mate. I just want to say one thing, and that's uh, rest in peace to Asgardian, one of the uh, old-time members of Big Footy. And uh, he's the one... I've been reading his... uh, his thoughts on footy in Port Adelaide for about 20 years back in the old news groups days before Big Footy was even created. And uh, he was just about the first Port Adelaide supporter on Big Footy, I think, from memory. And he's the one that uh, that led me to there. Um, so very sad to hear that uh, that he passed away a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, he, lo- he loved the banter, loved uh, riling up Crows fans and uh, certainly loved Port Adelaide as well. <laughs> he did. Good call. And uh, I guess uh, I have a family member that's got motor neuron disease. And all I can say as well, it's not good. And for all the footy fans out there that, uh, you know, follow the Neil Danaher um, MND um, cause, uh, if you can make any donations or want to support a cause, I I can't highly recommend it enough because it's such an awful disease as well and it's got no cure and... They've got no idea about it, and, uh, yeah, it's it's horrible for all families that are involved with that stuff, like plenty of other diseases out there. But uh, rest in peace, Asgardian. That's it. Rest in peace, Chris. Job well done. Yes. And on that note, can the pair. Go the power. Are they going to win, Macca? Yes. Spears it inside 50. Schultz comes hard. Flicks it out. Bokes. It'll be appropriate. The captain. That is gold class. Leadership agrees with Travis Boke. He's better than ever.